0: And welcome to the Pricing Queen podcast with me, Sally Farrand. Each week on the podcast, I'll be sharing pricing tips and strategies, along with ways to improve the profit in your business. I've got a track record for helping companies get their heads around their business numbers. And now I'm here to show you how to start earning the money you deserve and become a Pricing Queen yourself. Hi, and welcome to the Pricing Queen podcast with me, Sally Farrand. Today's guest is Janet Murray. I've been part of Janet Murray's Build Your Online Audience for over a year now, and it's moved my business along enormously in the online space. Today, we're going to talk about pricing your online course and membership. And although you may want to know exactly the answer, Janet talks about why it's not always possible to do that and to think a bit about what your business is actually about and where you want to be with it and not just the price that you're offering. Enjoy the show. So today my podcast guest
1: is Janet Murray. Hi, Janet. Thanks for having me, Sally. So tell everybody what you do. So my thing is audience building. So what I mean by that is I help people to build online audiences, which is more followers, more subscribers, uh, more fans, so people who, who follow you on social media, who subscribe to your email list, who visit your, your website. And it's really about generally the people I work with they are looking to build their audience and have more of the right people in their audience because they want to sell one to many uh, generally so they're often people who have been selling one-to-one maybe they've been doing consultancy or coaching and they're looking to you know sell often to take actually what they've been delivering as a coach or consultant and turn it into some kind of online course or membership or if they have a product-based business they just they just want to increase the numbers and the more of the right people that you have in your audience then the easier that generally uh, is to do although it isn't easy as we as we will probably uh, get into in this episode so for me that all starts with content so if you want to grow an audience if you want more followers fans subscribers it's about creating really great content that really really engages with your ideal customers and clients and, and makes them want to follow you and the next tip is turning that into sales. Does that kind of make sense?
0: Yeah, it does, yeah. And uh, as I'm sure lots of you will know that, listen, I am in Janet's Build Your Online Audience and it is brilliant. And one of the things is about, you know, kind of having enough people to sell things to. And I think, you know, when it comes to pricing and that sort of thing, actually, you know, you need people to sell it to. And I think we'll we'll come on to that in a bit. So we're going to talk today a bit about, you know, pricing your online course and membership. But actually, it's not always about the price. It's or not only about the price. It's also about all the things that go with it. So what would you say were the most important things to think about if you're thinking of launching an online course or
1: membership? So if you're asking, what should I price my online course or membership? you're Unless you've been doing it for a while, you're probably asking the wrong question is the key thing. So the, the key question really is is, do I have a... A big enough audience to to sell this to, but, or, or actually, the question to ask first of all is like. Well, how many of these do I need to sell? How much money do I need to make maybe take it even further further back than that? How much money do I need to, to generate? And what can of, often happen then is like somebody will have an idea for an online course, and like for me, often it is that coach or consultant who's been delivering something like in person or delivering something one to one or on a consultancy basis, and it's will great. I've got all of this these great resources and worksheets and slides, and you know, I'll just repackage them up and it'll be brilliant. And then if somebody can't afford to work with me or they, they can't work with me for whatever reason, I'll just sell them one of these. So that can sound great in principle. So, you know, I don't know, I'll charge them 300 quid or I'll charge them 200 quid or whatever. But actually, that's when you need to sit down and do the math and say, well, hang on a minute. Let's say, for example, you charge £2,000 a day for consultancy. You're going to have to sell 10 of those. Have I done that right? Selling <laughs> 10 of those in order to make the same money. And actually, while that might sound that might sound like not a lot, but then have a think, well, how many inquiries do I get across the course of the year if I'm a consultant from people who say, well, you know, I can't afford your consultancy. And then you might look back in your inbox and say, well, actually, I've only had eight, eight inquiries this year. So I wouldn't even have made the same as, 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 as one day. So often this idea of of, of taking taking something and turning it into an online course or a membership it can seem really great but actually there's a few step back so how much money do I need to make and the question for me and I think the same, same for you Sally is like what's the easiest way of me making this money like is it easier for me to actually go and get a few more days worth of consultancy or is it worthwhile me taking this and turning it into a course or membership by the way I wouldn't do that first maybe we'll come back to that later. But I think the the key thing is to look at the the numbers first. So if you you look at that and you think, okay, well, maybe I don't get loads of people asking to buy an online version of what I deliver in person, but I still really want to do this, then you're going to need to look at the numbers. And the average uh, conversion rate for online sales is just one to 2%, which means that out of every hundred people who buy from you, only a handful are going to buy, which can be quite depressing when you first start out. But most of us find it's pretty accurate. Like you, you can, you, you know, you can convert higher. There will be some products that convert higher, uh, but that's a, it's a good base to start from. It's a good realistic base to start from, and you know, you do find that there's certain products or services or whatever. Uh, but when it comes to one to many, it, it's pretty standard. I find most of my clients do perform around that that level, yeah. and that gives you a, a realistic start point and then you're like okay well do I then want to grow my audience like would I like to be selling hundreds of thousands because that figure I've just given you one to two percent you know just a bit of basic working out in the back of an envelope will kind of give you the idea of the, of the, the audience size that you need and it's really then whether you've got the time and whether you've got the the will whether you actually want to Get out there and create content and build your audience, whether you enjoy that. There's all of that, I think, that you need to think about before you even get to price yeah and that's what happened to me I tried
0: my the first time I sold something I didn't sell anything because I basically didn't have an audience I thought I'd be fine I could just go out there and I didn't have a list or I didn't have a had a very tiny list and nobody bought it and it was very depressing but actually has never happened again because then I started building an audience but you've got to be prepared to maintain and nurture and grow your audience you can't you know there's there's such a lot I mean I I really enjoy it. So I do much more of it, but it is really hard work. And actually it might be that you could go out to your hot leads. So people that are, you know, that you know personally and be able to say, do you know what? I've got a space for somebody to do some consultancy. It would be easier for you to then maybe do that sort of thing even though that can be quite uncomfortable rather than actually going, right, okay, I want to build a list because it can take up to a year to build a list. Do you have that sort of time? And you, if you're selling something at 200 pounds a go, is it worth all that effort? And also how long it takes you to build and produce all of the content that goes with it, from doing all the sales emails to doing all the social media and, and all of that sort of thing. I'm sure you'd agree, Jenny.
1: Yeah. And, and it's a story that I I hear and I read so often. And the advice that I give to people is like, don't create a course or a membership before you've actually sold something and don't create anything before you sell it. Because I mean, I remember seeing this really, really heartbreaking post in, it was actually a course that I bought years ago on how to create online courses. It was in the Facebook group. And this poor guy had created this course and he was like, I, I spent months creating it and then nobody bought it. And that's the thing is that like, until you actually put a PayPal button or a Stripe button on anything, you will not know. And people will tell you, Oh yes, that sounds wonderful, Sally. Oh, I'd love to buy that, whatever. But you really do not know until, you know, sometimes people have just been nice. Sometimes they like the idea, but they're not really that committed to the transformation. So the only way that you're ever going to know is to put a PayPal button, Stripe button on it and just ask people. So I never create anything until I have sold it. And what I recommend that people do, if they're, selling their first online course or they, they want to do a membership is that you just test something small first. So do a masterclass or do a playbook or something like that. Why do you need to go and create? I mean, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you spend months creating a course that you don't know if anyone's going to, to buy on the basis of maybe a few people in a Facebook group saying, saying that's interesting? It, it's, you know, it, it's really important. And I know, Sally, you're a big believer in this, that you, know, you, you, you make the most of the time you've got available and you you know, you try and make the most money that you can and give yourself some free time to get on with other stuff. And if you're, you know, unless you really, really just enjoy it so much that you want to spend months creating something and possibly risk not selling it at the end, my recommendation would be to start something small. So sell a masterclass or sell a playbook or something small and you can just get a feel for the market. And then you can say, okay, well, and my friend, um, Jessica Lorimer, who's a sales coach, she has this saying where she says, like, if you can sell one of something, you can sell hundreds or thousands. But it's just, does somebody does somebody want that thing or want that outcome enough to, to go and log into their PayPal or their Stripe or whatever, or go and get their credit card or whatever and and make that that purchase? The number of people that I have helped to pick up off the floor after they've launched something that's bombed it's much easier to recover from a 27 pound masterclass or a 10 pound look than it is having spent months creating something and realizing that it really doesn't land with your audience at all so my advice would always be just start something small the other thing I would say as well is that it's not for everybody so the problem is I think that we've got this this whole culture whereby everybody's online talking about online courses and passive income and memberships, and it really is anything but passive. Pat Flynn, who has the Smart Passive Income podcast, he was one of my first influences, but he talks about doing the, the hard work now so that you can meet the benefits later. So there is always something nice. And Sally, I know that you've experienced this too. You wake up in the morning and someone's bought one of your courses or someone's bought a playbook and it's really nice, but there's so much work that goes into that. And not just the work of actually creating the course, but like you mentioned, Sally, building the audience, writing all of the sales emails, the social media posts, doing the podcast interviews, doing all the other things that you do to promote yourself and your brand. It isn't just about that. And the thing is, is that you know, that there's there's just there's just so much to it that it really is better to to start small, to go out there and to, to test the market and also get a sense of whether it is for you. So one of my clients so eloquently put it once, um, if you if you build a farm, you have to keep feeding the animals. <laughs> and so that's what, what I mean by things not being passive. So you 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 have to, even if you, you create a course or even if you create a membership that's quite low touch you've still got to provide customer service you've still got to make sure that those materials are up to date you've still got to dive in if a customer can't log into to wherever they're stored or whatever it's never going to be completely passive and it is is that how you want to live your life do you want to be on social media all the time do you want to be writing marketing emails it's not for everybody so that's why i recommend just just trying you know a few small projects and then see how it goes from there
0: Yeah, and that's definitely what I did. I started off doing masterclasses, you know, and having had my bombed course and have gone from there and now package that up into bigger bundles and all of that sort of thing. And I can, you know, they don't take me hours. I mean, they take a decent amount of time, but they don't take me hours and hours to produce. And I think that makes a really big difference. But I think it is going, right, well, actually, what do I need? What do I want to do with my time and where do I best spend it? If you hate writing sales emails you it's not going to be your thing and if you hate you know email marketing and all of that stuff then then it's just not worth it and what would you say the main difference is between kind of online courses and a membership and what should steer you between the two I mean yours is incredibly high touch
1: but yeah it's interesting because I would say that I'm quite low commitment so, so I'm like a bit of a commitment phobe so I've never managed to stay in a job for more than not because i got sacked or anything but like i've never managed to kind of stay in a job for longer than like about a year or two or something i've always been freelance work for myself because i find it really difficult to kind of stick with the same project so i think it's it's something about knowing yourself and, and knowing how you like to work so i i i generally quite like shorter projects so I like courses and because you deliver the course and then you're kind of finished well I mean that's one way there's lots of different models that you can use with a membership obviously you're it's more of a a long-term a weekly a monthly commitment it could even be a daily commitment There's so many different ways that you can build out a membership so some of it I think is about knowing yourself I always amazed myself I managed to do a membership because there is a sort of part of it that is kind of timetabled and I have to show up at certain times or whatever but to, to the amount that kind of works for me it works for my my lifestyle. But you can design either a course or a membership to, to fit your, your lifestyle. But I think knowing a little bit about you, you know, are you the kind of person that gets bored of things easily? In which case, unless you're constantly evolving, which is really what I do with mine, is you, you're probably going to get bored and burn out of a membership and things are going to start to get on your nerves and you're going to wish that you didn't have it anymore. So again, I would probably always recommend doing some kind of masterclass or something short term or mini course is the other thing I often just do like a really short course because the last thing you want to do is start building a membership and then realize that you hate memberships because you know you, you're you're not a membership site owner for for three days a week or whatever like yes you can set your working hours and you can tell your members like you know what days you're available and what you're not, but you know, let's take Christmas for example. And although we we tell the members that you know we don't have any live classes or live things going on over Christmas, if somebody gets locked out of their account, okay, we're probably not going to deal with it on Christmas Day or Boxing Day, and most people would understand that. But we're probably then again not going to leave people for two weeks or whatever. So, um, it it, it some of it's about knowing how you are as a person, what kind of commitment you want, because in the early days you're probably not going to be able to outsource some of that you're gonna to have to do it yourself so have you got time have you got the inclination to do that um but some of it is probably also about testing as well I, I didn't think I was a membership person mm-hmm. but actually I think the bit that swung it for me is I feel like I can have more of an impact running a membership program. So with a course, and this is the thing, everyone loves the idea of passive income, don't they? Like, oh yeah, okay, I'll just sell people a course. But the completion rate for online courses is something ridiculous, like twenty percent or something. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't really want that on my conscience. Like people buying stuff from me and then only twenty percent of them are ever actually finishing it. Like, so if only twenty percent ever finish, like how many are actually going to have results? You know, I, I found that having quite a high touch membership where you you're very involved with the members. I teach a lot of the classes live, but they're all available as as recordings. That kind of helps me sleep at night because at least I think I'm doing as much as I possibly can to help people to to get results. So I think knowing yourself and knowing your personality, if you're happy to sell people courses and you don't really care whether they do them or not (laughs) or get results, but ultimately that does kind of... that can come and bite you on the bum anyway, because in order to sell more courses or more memberships, you need good testimonials and results. And if people buy your course and no one ever completes it, um, then that can come and cause you problems later on. The other thing I just wanted to say was that you can design your calls and membership in so many different ways. So for example, I have two memberships. I've got Build Your Online Audience, which has got, I think it's currently about 450 members. And it's quite high touch. We have up to three live classes a week. We have these get it done accountability sessions. And we have like four of those a day. And I have a team to help me. So it's quite high touch. But I've also got another membership where the profit margin is much, much higher, much more favorable, which is my 2021 Sorted membership. And I've got 600 and I think it's 636 members at the moment. And the way that I've created that product is that people buy the, it's a content planning event, 2021 Sorted. They buy that and then they get the ticket and they get all the resources the recordings of that and then there's four quarterly coaching calls across the year and there's other a few bits and pieces other bonuses but actually that's very low touch in terms of my time that's actually once the initial event which is two days it's a lot of organization it's a lot of work but it's a great way to repurpose content but actually throughout the course of the year there's probably only about well, we send out a weekly newsletter so I'm just trying to add up the hours now but it's probably only it's a handful of hours a month so you can actually set up a membership a membership doesn't have to be a kind of all in you know you there teaching live every day of the week or whatever you can set it up in lots of different ways and a membership could be a subscription you know there's so many different ways to do it but I think the starting point is thinking about you and your personality and how you like to work and what are you going to be able to 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 keep up with i've had so many clients who've started a membership and been like oh my god i love the idea of the recurring income but i don't like people messaging me on a saturday night telling me that they're locked out of their account (laughs) and so I, i think there's lots of things to consider Yeah.
0: And I think it's true. I think it's also looking at your, yeah, it is your lifestyle stuff. Like, do you want to be available all of the time? You know, what happens when you're on holiday, if you wanted to take more time off in say school holidays, it puts me off memberships a little bit thinking actually I might, you know, I don't want to be kind of available all the time. I quite like the idea of a course where I could kind of turn up, maybe do it live, you know, do live rounds of it, but actually maybe not kind of be doing it all of the time. I'm sure I'll change my mind in the future though. (laughs) And I think one of the other challenges is, is definitely how to price these things. And the and the answer is kind of, you know, there are memberships and courses that run anything from 27 quid up to thousands. And some of that is just deciding where you need it to be. I think a lot of it's about where it fits in your customer journey. If you're charging thousands of pounds for your daily stuff, you know, for your consultancy stuff, then you'll be going much further down the, down the value ladder but it's kind of thinking about where does that fit you know in your in your journey and 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 that sort of thing for your customer
1: yeah there's so many factors as well which is why everybody just always wants you to go you know here's my idea for a course what should i charge but there's just so many different factors to it so the first thing to say is that you price on the transformation so i could charge ten thousand pounds for a membership that I just gave people one hour a week, but if what they got in that one hour a week, or one hour a month, or whatever, was so valuable to them in terms of what they saw as valuable, then people would gladly pay that. Um, equally, ten pounds a month. You know, it, it it it's about the transformation. You can charge whatever you want for a membership. It really is about. What people see is as, as, as the transformation. However, there are some, you know, there are some sort of guidelines. So typically, the more contact with you, it's not really about content either. And I think a lot of mistakes people make with memberships, for example, and courses, is to put too much content and it overwhelms people. It's really really hard. But um, so the more contact there is with you, then generally the more that you're you're going to charge, and the less contact there is with you, then. The the lower price it's going to be. So the more it is about the student kind of getting on um, by by themselves. So build your online audience, we've just put the price up quite significantly because there is a lot of it's it's probably like between a membership and a coach, a group coaching program. Because although our members are in the hundreds, I, I know most of the members because I have that much, <laughs> I have that much contact with them. Whereas you could go to another membership programme that had four or five hundred members and the person who runs it hardly knows anyone that's in it. It it, it really is down to the, the value that you, that you deliver. I don't think it's about content. I don't think you can say, well, I've got, you know, build your online audience has got over 3000 pounds worth of courses in it. I, I have sold separately or could sell separately, but it's not really about the amount of courses. It's about, the, the the value that that person gets which can kind of show up in lots of different ways so i think the first the, the other thing actually as well is 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 who's your audience so uh, but this is quite an interesting one so you could say well you know my audience are all startups so that means that they can only afford 20 pounds a month which is a big mistake i think because just because somebody's a startup or just because somebody like in my case is going online for the first time that doesn't mean that they haven't got a budget and people will pay more to to make quicker progress so to assume that just because somebody's got a startup that means they can only afford to pay 20 pounds a month then that's probably not correct um but if you are going to charge them thousands they're going to want to see that value so where's that going to come from that might be about more contact with you it might be about you adding think in some one-to-one or some small group coaching or whatever but it really is about the the value to that person so, and, and also as you always say Sally it's about well how much do you, do you want to earn and how much you know how much does it actually cost you to run it because the other thing that a lot of people don't think about with online courses or memberships like i mentioned earlier is like you have to have some level of customer service so if somebody gets locked out of their account or if somebody can't find the video or the download or whatever somebody's got to be able to help That person. I now have a full time community manager, pretty much full time. I have um, a tech VA and who spends quite a lot of her time just helping people who've got locked out of stuff or can't find stuff, making sure that you know that our our membership site is, is maintained. Now, when you're first starting, by the way, you don't need to do any of that. You can literally just send people pdfs and a zoom call like you don't need any of that stuff and that's a big mistake a lot of people making is investing in membership sites and things they don't need to start off with and that when they're just just testing but all of those things are going to influence your 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 price and and i think it's about kind of starting off and thinking well first of all how much do you need to earn like what other income have you got coming into your business does this need to make 1000 2000 pound a month? In that case, then you might need to look at running it as more of a group program. So, for example, I often say to a lot of my clients who want to launch memberships, they don't have a big enough audience, well, run it as a group program first. You can charge more money for that because people are getting more contact with you. And then rather than what a lot of people do is they start with the £27 or the £200. Actually, a better way to do it often is to start with a higher ticket group program and then turn that into a membership or a course later on and people will pay more to have more access to you. So it, it, it really, there's so many factors. Some of it's about you know, how much you need to earn. So you know you might wanna charge 27 pound for your online course, but when you look at how much you need to earn it, each month, that might not work. So you might say, okay, well, I'm not gonna run a you know a one-to-many membership. I'm gonna start off with a, a group program or I'm gonna deliver this program one-to-one or whatever. Um, some of it is also about who your audience is, like we've already said just because somebody's a startup doesn't mean that they haven't got any budget. But I also think that there's startups and startups. So I know that my audience, they're not, they're not like budget, budget, but they are also quite careful about what they spend on. Quite a few of my clients would be like side hustlers, or they will be running their business alongside having a family, which means that there will be some that will be able to pay the big bucks, but actually the majority of them, you know, they'll have to think quite carefully about what they spend their money on. And also it's about your audience as to whether they're, they're people who value investing in in their learning. Like, you know, do, do, do they do they value spending money and they understand the, the outcome of it? So, Sally, I know, I know probably if you're listening, you're probably desperate for me just to give you figures, but... I think that's just an illustration of some of the things that come into it. There's so many factors, isn't, isn't there? And, and I think it's doing all of that thinking and then going, having a look and see who else is in your market. Because what a lot of people do is they just look at who who else is in the market, what they're offering. They charge the same without even looking at, well, can I afford this? Will this help me bring in the money that I need each month? Do I have the audience for this? Like, have even have no idea what resources will be needed to run. So it's like, do all of that then look at your competitors and then kind of see where you might fit in.
0: Yeah. And I really like the thing about like people say, should you be to test and all of that sort of thing. And actually I think running something either as a, as a kind of, you know, one, a cheaper one-to-one or as a group program is often a good way to get started because I think, and never, ever, ever give that sort of stuff away for free. Because if people test it, even if you only charge like 50 pounds for something, if you give it away for free, nobody
1: values it. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be turning up late, missing the sessions and not finishing it.
0: And the other thing is always remember is that the price is never fixed forever. So you can do one round of something or you can do open your membership once or release your course once at one price. And the next time you can put the price up or put it down or, you know, you can move it around however suits you. I think the main thing to remember is not to have a million tiers of pricing because it gets, particularly in memberships, gets very complicated, as I know you, know, you have found out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the other thing is that The other thing when you're building a membership is to remember that the community bit's so important, not so much for the cause, but it can be lonely in a membership that's only got 10 members in it. So people often say, well, I'm just going to start my membership. Well, actually, is it the right time for you to start it? Because it's probably not going to be the best experience for those 10 people who are in it. Um, Well, I mean, it can be because they can get more one to one, but then you can end up feeling resentful because you're giving them like loads more attention than they really, you know, Merit at that, that price point. Um, so what I often suggest people do is that they have a, a founders rate. So you do a launch and maybe you let your first hundred people in. But you know to have a hundred people, you need to have quite a few people in your audience. You let them in at you know a really generous rate and you allow them to stay on that rate while they're while they remember all the time that they remember um, as a as a reward for for being the first. That can work really quite well. It's a great way to get a lot of people in to to get it busy to give it a bit of a buzz and vibe otherwise it can it can be hard work running a membership that's only got like 10 people in there <laughs> and uh, you can start to feel quite quite kind of Oh, you can just start to feel quite burdened by it quite quickly. Whereas if you can do a launch where you you let people in for a, a launch price that you're never going to offer again, at least it's a nice buzzy foundation for your for your membership.
0: Yeah, I think it makes a really big difference. But yeah, it's kind of, and I think putting prices up again, you know, you just review it regularly. Again, what the what people are getting for it, you know, like you said, you put Build Your Online that's up quite significantly this year. You know, I think it's just always keeping an eye on it and kind of going well. Uh, is that are people getting the
1: right value for it? Yeah, definitely. And with Build Your Online Audience, we started off with one course which had like um, like eight sessions in it, It's really, really valuable. Mm-hmm. And this one particular one, which is um, the famous one, somebody made forty two k from just working through this this one class. And that's what I mean by value. Like that's what I said to members, you know, when they go, "Oh, I'm not sure whether to join because." Um, you know, I'm not sure if I'll get to, to watch all the content. Well, you don't need to. Like if there's one class that helps you get a really good result, you don't, you don't, you don't need to. Um, but it's now grown so that we've got courses on Pinterest and YouTube and we've got courses on, um, what else have we got? Canva. We've got courses on building sales funnels. We've got a whole course on how to launch a podcast. So there comes a point as well, and I'm sure you would probably uh, agree with me here, Sally, where you could almost be, too cheap so people will go well hang on a minute why is she offering that course where it's got a youtube course a pinterest course canva course instagram course if it's that cheap surely it can't be any good so sometimes your pricing also is about i mentioned earlier about attracting people who actually really do care about their learning and invest in their learning and want good quality but actually pricing higher can sometimes be better because um being too budget or too cheap people can think ah no you know it can't possibly be any good if it's that cheap
0: yeah, definitely. I think that and I think that is there's definitely a thing of perceived value about stuff. If people, you know, if it's expensive, it's it's valuable. It's not necessarily true. But I think it's looking at it and kind of going, well, if I get all that for if I get all that for that money, that's really worth it. And it's looking at it and going, well, actually if it's 50 quid, is it is it worth it? And if you're selling a membership for kind of twenty quid, what are people actually getting? that's worth it from, from their point of view, but also that makes it worth it from your point of view. You know, if you've got to have thousands of people in before it's worth it, you know, that's really hard to build and it does take time to build a, a solid membership.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned this earlier. This is also an important thing to think about is where does this fit in with your overall sales funnel? So let's say that you're, I don't know, to work with you one-to-one is £2,000 a day to work with you or something like that. And your membership is also... 2,000 so pounds Will people. be like, okay, well kind of what's the difference. Um, and then if you've got, we, we often talk about having like almost like a tripwire products or a kind of entry products for people. Um, but if your course is 400 pounds and your tripwire product is like 397, whatever. So it's, it's, it's thinking about like, what have you got for the different people at different stages of their, their journey? And If if somebody isn't ready to invest 400 pounds a year in your membership, then what do you have that you could give them right now? So in my case, I have this diary, my social media diary and planner, which is an A4 desk diary that you can use for content planning. And a lot of my clients, that will be their first product that they, they buy. And they're not ready to invest in a membership with me they're not ready to invest in a course like they they're just not there yet and it's not even about not having the money the other point we haven't even discussed at all is about authority as well and a a lot of people will launch a membership or an online course and then get really upset because nobody buys it but they have no authority and there's some other expert who has loads more followers on instagram and has a podcast or a youtube channel or whatever and they might be feeling really hard done by saying, but I know as much as that person, but that person's taken the time to build up the authority and has, has almost got, got the kind of social proof. So it's it's thinking about like, where where are people in their journey? When people first hear about you, they're probably, you get a few impulse buyers, but most people are not ready to invest in a course or a membership, unless it's a trip why, you know, quite a, an entry level one. And they're certainly not not ready to, invest in thousands of pounds worth of coaching. So it's also thinking about like, where does that fit into the rest of your journey? I hope I'm expect, you can probably explain that better than me, but you, yeah, you no, talk about like it yeah. your value ladder, don't you Sally?
0: Yeah, as a kind of value ladder or customer journey, which is kind of going, well, if you've got a 27 pound masterclass and your next thing is thousands of pounds coaching, you, you need something in between. You've got to work out, you know, where do you want people ultimately to end up? Is it your membership? Is it one-to-one off the end of it? So where do you want people to be if actually the end goal is the membership, then you might want some other things to lead up to it all things lead to wherever you want them to go eventually but I kind of think you know again if, if if your membership is is your kind of flagship thing then you can probably charge more for it and that sort of thing because it's going to be where you're going to put your energy it's also where you're going to put you know the most of your energy and again I think with with things like memberships you've got to put significantly more energy in than a course say you know you can do a course and you could rerun it several times but I think with a membership there's a lot more kind of of, you've got to kind of keep it up quite a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you've got to keep up. It's not just about keeping up with the classes or the new content, but it's also about keeping it fresh as well and mm. coming up with new things and new ways of doing things. So I think you've got to be a certain type of person to. I think to enjoy it, and, and you've got to know that you're going to stay feeling excited about it because. Dismantling a membership, <laughs> you know, it's, it's painful. It's it's not as bad as a divorce. I'm sure not that I've ever been through a divorce, but <laughs> but uh, it's a bit, you know. And I, I've had friends who've who've just who've had a membership and decided to stop having a membership, and telling people that you don't want to have this membership anymore, and sorting out refunds and whatever. You know, it's a bit of a palaver. So again, another compelling reason just to take your time and just just start off with a few, you know, smaller offers mini course with two or three modules in it masterclass pdf try a few things and just get a feel for what what's your level of commitment like how do you want to work with people and and how do you think you can get the best results as well like I feel that I can get the best results working with people in membership it may well be that you feel that you know so I've got I know some people who just do VIP days they just do do one-off days and that's actually the only way that I do one-to-ones now apart from very exceptional circumstances but I prefer to do that one-to-one I prefer to just go in and do a short shop so so some of this is about you know where do you get your best results when you're working with your clients and customers and and, and also trying to play to your strengths
0: yeah and what um, and does your does your one-to-one deliver the results that actually it's quite difficult to get in terms of a course if it's very interactive what you do you know is it actually that it doesn't really suit a course or a membership but it doesn't really suit a group a group thing I think most things do but but not everything and I think it's really thinking about that I mean I've discovered I love teaching live classes I'm like who knew Um, (laughs) so actually I really enjoy that sort of thing but not everybody does and lots of people just go oh I can't think of anything worse than doing that sort of thing Um, so it's really playing to your strengths and and what your lifestyle and your choices want to be I think
1: yeah and also I just I think um, this is an interesting one that came up for me recently but I had I have an Instagram course which is six modules it's part of Build your online audience but it's one of the only ones that we sell separately and I got a coach who somebody who has actually coached me before who got in touch with me and said I'm really interested in doing your course but I don't think I've got the time to do it um could you do could you do me an hour of coaching and I was just like I can't you know I, I can't in an hour show you all the things that you need to know and all the things that you need to do to get you the result that you want and I would be like wrong to to say that to you. Um, so I, I think it's also getting realistic about what you can achieve for a client in a certain amount of time if we're talking service-based businesses and having just different options for them to help them get the best best results it some of it's about how you like to work but also it is about how can you get your clients the best result in the way that feels good for you to work
0: yeah yeah it feels authentic and also you yeah, know the best possible use of your time Oh, well, thank you so much this has been brilliant where can people find you
1: so the best place to find me is um my website which is JanetMurray.co.uk, and i'm on instagram at UK. and i have a podcast which is the build your online audience podcast which is where a lot of people start with me
0: yeah thanks ever so much janet thank you you for listening to the pricing queen podcast with me sally Farrant. please do leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast it really helps spread the word and get more people listening make sure you're following me on instagram at the pricing queen or one word where i share more tips and advice on how to make more money in your small business see you next time pricing queens